The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Karen McCall, who's the founder and owner of the Financial Recovery Institute based in California. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you very much, Jordan. Hello. Before we get into uh, what the Financial Recovery Institute does and how it helps people, you, you have quite an interesting story uh, where you, in fact, had to financially recover yourself. So why don't you just kind of briefly tell me uh, your financial s- story and kind of how it came about to, creating the, the, to wanting to create the Financial Recovery Institute. Absolutely. 25 years ago, my financial life was in absolute shambles. And the interesting thing about it is if you would have seen me, you would have seen me driving a beautiful car to the financial district of San Francisco. You would have seen me um, take the elevator to the 32nd floor where I had this beautiful corner office. I was all dressed up carrying a designer suitcase. Um, pardon me, briefcase. And if you would have seen me, you would have thought, wow, what a success. And what you would not have seen was that I was in dire straits financially, on the verge of eviction. I had a big bowl of unopened bills on top of my refrigerator, and it was my dirty little secret. You know, nobody knew. And among those bills, the most frightening were the ones from the IRS. And I just put my head in the sand and pretended that nothing was wrong. Yes, and then you, you must have hit bottom, hit bottom at some point. What happened that was, then? That was really pretty much um, my bottom. And the night came that I found the courage to take down that big bowl of bills, you know, open it up, open all the bills, make a list, look at it. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but that was the beginning for me. Um, I realized that I had to start taking action, and... You know, that's what I did. And so that was what really led me to starting my own business. Um, After a few months, I realized it was very difficult to find help. You know, on the one hand, there were people like yourself, you know, the financial advisors, and people who wanted you to have money to invest and grow. Obviously, I was not a fit for that group of professionals. And at the other end of the spectrum were the debt counselors and the people who wanted to consolidate your debts. And, you know, I tried that. However, just consolidating my debts was not the solution um, because there was nothing in place to really help me confront what my belief systems and attitudes are about money um, and what my behaviors were and how those emotional triggers drove my behaviors. And so it wasn't until I really started linking all of that together and, um, you know, understanding the consequences of my behaviors and understanding and having great empathy and sympathy, compassion for myself that I was not a bad person. I had just never learned about money, and I certainly had not learned um, that there were emotional components to my behaviors with money. So without getting into the gory details, how did you get yourself out of that situation and become successful? Well, the way I started was um, 
you know, I found a program where the, it was this kind of a self-help group based on the kind of program that you see with Alcoholics Anonymous, except it was a program where they deal with money problems. And, you know, that was where I started coming out of isolation and secrecy about money. And that was a really important first step. Because as long as I was isolated and this was my big secret, I had this, this shame. And so, you know, having to um, start talking about it with groups of other people who were in a similar situation, you know, that started to heal the shame. And, and through that, I was able to then start learning about money. And so, you know, I started doing the simplest of things, like tracking everything that I spent. You know, I realized that it was very important to become conscious of and connected to my money at every level. I call it radical clarity. You know, absolutely no head in the sand, no vagueness, no financial fog. Um, and, and that started a relationship with money where I did start connecting and linking things. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, hey, you know, I also went to therapy and, you know, did lots of different things. And it was that confluence of things that, um, that really worked for me. And what didn't work was I knew that I was a serious case, Jordan, and so I knew that I needed regular accountability. Um, I needed a lot more that, um, than what I was getting from therapy and from the program that I went to. And so it was really out of that that the idea of financial recovery was born, um, was just you know knowing what my own needs were and not being able to find anyone that could really fulfill all of those needs. So I, I kind of created my own curriculum of recovery, if you will. And then out of that, um, I ended up realizing that there, there were probably a lot of people like me out there um, who were really suffering in silence. And um, that, that's when I began my business about 20 years ago, after so, about five years of my own recovery. So tell us uh, what the website is and what some of the services people can get if they go to Financial Recovery's uh, is, uh, website. Okay, the website is www.financialrecovery.com. And if somebody in the listening audience um, is identifying at all with my story, whether it's as extreme or not, but you feel that you want support, um, you can go to the Find a Counselor page, and we do have counselors listed by location. And if you do not find a counselor in your area, there are counselors who do telephone counseling. And so, you know, that's, that's one thing. And then if anyone's interested in training um, to become a financial recovery counselor, then they can go to the training page. People can also um, sign up for our newsletter, and I send them um, at absolutely no cost um, a work autobiography because I find that people have to look at not only the relationship to spending and, and um, debting, but also looking at the relationship to earning money is a real crucial piece in putting the whole money story together in a really positive way. So I have a work, work history autobiography that people can download. Okay, well, let's kind of take this for a little broader view. Uh, you, you say there are a lot of kind of secret uh, people in exactly the same situation. How widespread is it that people are, you know, in fact, having all kinds of financial problems and, and nobody seems to know about it? I think it's pretty widespread. The, the most recent statistics I've read are that 73% of Americans identify money as their number one source of stress, 
And this was from a couple of years ago, and so knowing what's going on in our economy right now, I imagine that we could even inflate that number safely. So if you're looking at, you know, 80%, 90% of Americans um, where money is their number one stressor, that's pretty significant. And how about even people with high incomes? you think they would have less problems? Well, you would think so. However, you know, it doesn't matter what your affluence is, um, if you, if you have money, some of the most challenging and um, oh painful client scenarios that I had over the years were people who had inherited money. And so what I say is it doesn't matter, matter how many zeros you have behind your money. You can have just the same kind of stress. You know, I'll give you an example. There are people right now that maybe they're multimillionaires. Maybe they have several million dollars, but maybe they've lost a couple million. They're still absolutely fine. The fact that they have watched their portfolios go down, the fact that they also are watching the stories on, on television um, where people are losing their homes, people are losing their jobs. I mean, just things that we've never seen in our lifetime. And I know I'm older than you, Jordan, but I can say in my lifetime I've never seen this. And it's very difficult for people to separate the reality of their situation from what they're observing on, on the media with other people. So they emotionally connect, and so they will also believe that they're on the verge of financial ruin. And so there's, there's just more and more stress than ever. And so people won't separate, you know, hey, I'm really okay. And again, that kind of comes back to this vagueness and the fog. Maybe they think they are. Maybe their financial planner is telling them they are. But they really have to really have their arms around their money and, and understand it on you know, an emotional, psychological, as well as financial um, level to really know the reality of their situation and how it's going to impact them. So how do these problems that they're having financially and emotionally affect uh, the kind of lives that they're leading? The kind of lives that they're leading? Well, one of the things that I talk about is um, the money life drain, and it is, you know, it's something that, if you look at people who are always worried about money um, and they're losing sleep over money, they're fighting with their partners about money, I mean, this is going to affect their lives on a daily basis. And so if, if you just visualize um, an upside-down triangle and, and title this the money life drain, what, what you're going to see is you're going to see that on the top um, – the very top, there's the financial burdens that people have. You know, they're overspending, they have debt, they have out-of-control expenses, they can't pay their bills. You know, that's the beginning. And, and what happens is then people are not able to save, they're not able to pay all their bills, there's pressure to earn and work more, maybe the work's not there, usually getting another job is not the solution. Um, again, relationships and health are stressed, um, and so when you, when you get down the triangle and it starts narrowing and your health and well-being are compromised, now what the person will feel is financial, emotional, and spiritual depletion. And that's why I call it the money life drain. So their options have narrowed. Um, their quality of life has narrowed. Their self-esteem is severely impacted. And so it's a real serious problem for people. 
and you think more so today than in the past because of the credit crunch and what's going on in the economy, or has this always existed just a little bit more extreme today? You know, I've seen it, um, well, I've known it for 25 years that this has been a problem, but I do think that it's more exaggerated today, and I think that it's impacting a wider variety of people today. And a lot of the people, and, you know, again, for the listening audience, I mean, I know there are people that where there have been events that have pushed them over the cliff. You know, they've lost their jobs. Um, someone's gotten ill. But quite often what you see is that somebody was already living on the edge and, and they don't have um, enough support in place. Uh, there's not enough stability to withstand this kind of an economic crisis. And so wh- when I was counseling, one of the things that I would want to know is, you know, have you always had money problems or is it just a specific event that puts you over the, you know, over the cliff? And what you would find is that, yes, there was an event, but they had been living on the brink. You know, they had been living on the edge all along. So it was just that one event that pushed them over. And so that's certainly something that you see. And, you know, when housing prices were going up and people had tons and tons of equity in their house, I think that we were all in magical thinking. I think it was hard to imagine that that would ever, ever change. I mean, you know, you could read it in the paper, say this is going to come to an end, it's not going to last forever. But I don't believe that people really believed that it wouldn't last forever. And it didn't. <laughs> so no, now it can... didn't. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to a break. Uh, I, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. And again, my guest this hour is Karen McCall. Uh, she is the founder and owner of the Financial Recovery Institute uh, in California. Uh, she's been through it herself, and she's uh, going to help you if you're in that situation uh, to financially recover so that you don't have to have this as a burden for the rest of your life. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Shame of steroids fills me with 
Mark of the Fraud by Roidhead. Hear more at don'tbeanasterisk.com. Brought to you by Ad Council and the U.S. Olympic Committee. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Karen McCall, uh, who's the founder and owner of the Financial Recovery Institute based in Petaluma, California. Welcome back to the show, Karen. Uh, okay, oh, I'd like to get a sense of how what you do is different from other financial counselors. There's a lot of people out there doing financial counseling of various types. What, what is uh, unique about what you do?
if people come up with a food, food plan and, and they learn a new way of being in the world with food and exercise, they can have a healthy life. Same thing with money. If people start planning, uh, and I'm not talking about financial planning in terms of investments and stuff. I'm talking about day-to-day planning, monthly planning, and then eventually getting into um, annual planning. And, Jordan, what I really stress in the planning stage is that um, when a person writes down what all of their needs are and, and some of their wishes and some of their desires, it's very important that people begin by spending their money on what their true needs are. One of the things that leaves people with this feeling of hunger for more, craving, um, where it's just, you know, nothing is ever enough. There's always, um, like I said, just this craving and this hunger for more. And one of the reasons for that is that people have not tapped in to what their real needs are, what's really going to give them a, a meaningful life what's going to help, help them feel fulfilled and valuable that they're making a contribution in the world. And so once people tune into that and they start using whatever resources they have, their time, their energy, and their money, to meet their real needs, now a person can start looking at what their wants and, and desires are. But if people just focus on the wants and desires, they will never feel satisfied. There will always be that hunger for more and more and more. So, you know, so the, the tracking, the, the planning, um, and looking back at their history, I think are three really important components to overcoming money problems. Uh, when, when people have money problems, one of the big things they always talk about doing is going to nonprofit credit counseling agencies. Uh, is that something you discourage or do it in addition to what you're doing, or how, how do you relate to credit counseling agencies? Well, in my own experience, when I went to a credit counseling agency 25 years ago, um, you know, I had like a 30-minute session with a counselor, and that wasn't enough. You know, they put me on a budget, sent me on my way. So, you know, there was nothing in place for me to really understand my relationship to money and start shifting my behaviors. And so I feel that a program like that can be helpful for people. Of course, people really need to be aware. There's a lot of people out there hanging their shingles as financial counselors that um, you know don't really necessarily help you that much. But I think that if you're going to do that, it may really help you in terms of um, the interest rate and getting rid of some of the interest rate on your credit cards and coming up with a payment plan that's going to be more manageable than what they're facing with um, their high interest payments and so on. But if they just do that alone, my experience is it's just not going to be long-lasting. You know, my goal in working with clients was not to get people out of debt. People get out of debt all the time, but it was to help people stay out of debt. And that's, you know, the, the credit counseling agencies are really not designed to do that, unfortunately, not long-lasting. And how about debt settlement companies? You see a lot of advertisements all the time about uh, debt settlement and how they'll take 50% off your debt and get you out of debt very quickly. What, what do you think of those kind of firms? Well, again, I think people, the public really has to be aware, and they certainly have to realize that no credit card company is going to do a settlement with them unless they're very far behind on their, um, on their payments. And so that's really going to impact a person's credit. And so people really need to be aware before they go. You know, if, if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. You've got to be in a certain financial situation before you're even eligible for one of those things, 
And I would really check with the Better Business Bureau and really check out the company, see how long they've been in business so to, to make sure that they're not going to take your money and not end up paying your, your creditors. And, and there's a lot of people out there doing that. I mean, I'm not a consumer expert like um, Jerry Detweiler. I don't know if you ever heard of her. Oh, yeah, I know Jerry. Okay, well, you know, Jerry is, in fact, Jerry's in my training program right now. Um, there are consumer um, a- advocates and educators like Jerry Detwater who really are experts in that field. I always run everything by her. Um, and I think she is at credit.com. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, that would be, you could send an email to Jerry if you wanted to check out a company that you were considering working with. That is something that she really does keep track of. Now, at this point, the Financial Recovery Institute is really more uh, training trainers as opposed to helping individuals with counseling. Is that correct? And so just right. tell me briefly well, we, about the kind of training train the counselors you, you who help the people who have problems with money. Right. And, um, you know, this is something that I've actually been doing for several years, but now it's my main focus. So just tell us a little bit about what's involved in training people who go through the Financial Recovery Institute. Sure. Um, it's a year-long program, training program. The first six months, um, you're in a small group of eight, and then the, the following six months, you go into a larger group of other graduates. And what I do in my training is I really train pe- people to understand people's psychology um, about money, and their, their behaviors, the addictive behaviors, how other addictions impact your relationship with money. It's really um, a comprehensive training program that gives you everything you need to create a business on your own um, of working with people who have money problems. And one of the things that I want to say, Jordan, I mean, we're talking here about people who can't pay their credit cards and, you know, people who are really down and out. This is a for-profit business, and there are lots of people who have money to pay for counseling, and, um, and they need help just as well. You know, there's a whole middle class uh, and even people who have inherited wealth that really do suffer with money problems. And so our program is really designed to work with people who do have money to pay for counseling. It's not a nonprofit. Um, counseling service. Mm-hmm. And are there a lot of other places doing similar kinds of training of counselors? You know, there's nothing quite like mine. And one of the reasons for that, I think, is because of the fact that I've worked with people for 20 years. I really know that the process I have is a process that works. And because we also teach the business part of um, how to, you know, how to have a successful financial recovery practice. And because it's a year-long program, there's just a lot of support um, from other counselors as well, you know, who have been through the process of starting their business. And there's such a need. I mean, when I think of the people I've trained, and I've trained quite a few people, we still just have, you know, a few states covered. And even in those states, you know, we may only have one or two counselors. So there's a tremendous need for this kind of service. Tell me about some of the people who've gone through the program and you know, have gone on to establish practices. Just give me a story or two. Sure. Well, you know, Jerry, Jerry Detwaller is in the program right now. She's been in the business as long as I have, and she feels it's really the best thing that she's ever seen. Um, she's tr- getting a tremendous amount out of it. Another woman that I trained 13 years ago, Michael Ann Volterra, has formed the Women's Earning Institute in Seattle, Washington. And um, Michael Ann is also on my faculty, and she just bought her first house. She's absolutely thrilled. It's been very successful. She wrote a book, a book I highly recommend, called Why Women Earn Less. Um, so she's a graduate of the program. Another graduate of the program is Barbara Stanny. Barbara Stanny wrote Six-Figure Woman. 
Um, she is another expert on women and under-earning. And um, she's written, let's see, Prince Charming Isn't Coming, Six Figure Women. So those are two of the people, that, three of the people that really stand out in terms of um, people that, you know, you might recognize and you can find the, the books and, and some of the resources that they have put in place to help people as well. Terrific. Okay, we're going to go to a break. Again, I'm speaking with Karen McCall, who's the founder and owner of the Financial Recovery Institute based in Petaluma, California. Uh, her website is financialrecovery.com to find out more about uh, what she does. We're going to come back and talk about ways that you can recover financially from problems you may be involved in. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Corrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Corrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Mic check, one, two. Big poser coming to you fake yeah. Yeah, ever. Got no more games since None. I got with the juice. Uh-uh. No cruising with my friends, they cut me loose. Now my coach is hating, parents keep berating. Good thing my team's still behind me saying. Hey, yo, what happened to my teammates, man? Yo, where y'all at, man? Come on, man. I thought we were family. Uh, don't be a poser. Hear more at don'tbeanasterisk.com. Brought to you by Ad Council and the U.S. Olympic Committee. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is your host, Jordan Goodman, and my guest this hour is Karen McCall, who's the founder and owner of the Financial Recovery Institute. Uh, help people kind of recover from various kinds of financial traumas. And uh, part of what you do, Karen, is a, a uh, kind of a binder called the Money Minder System. Um, and just tell us briefly, the first two-thirds of it or so is helping people from almost birth through adult or where they are now uh, kind of tell their personal stories. Just kind of briefly tell us how 
that system works, what kind of questions people are involved in there before we get to once you've done all that, what you should do next. Well, as I said earlier, I think that if people look at their history, it's going to tell them a lot about where they are and where they want to go. And if people are, um, have, you know, let's say that, well, I'll just give you my own personal story. You know, I was, um, I was one of those, these kids who had, I was raised in poverty. Um, a lot of my needs were, were ignored and neglected. And so I had this big, deep hole inside. And one of the things that I discovered early on is that if I looked good, if I um, looked good at all costs, that I could really kind of get by in the world. Um, but that was really, you know, a false, false sense of self. It wasn't a real deep sense of self-esteem that I was coming from. And so it never, it never worked. It was never enough. I just always needed more, more, more. So when I understood that I had this big hole inside that needed to be filled and realized that, you know, there was no amount of, of material things that was going to fill it because it was really more of a spiritual, spiritual craving and a meaning for more. So that was really, really crucial for me, um, was realizing that what I, was, what I was doing was not working. Okay, so you, uh, in this Money Money, you go through the whole kind of financial history from the beginning to where you are now, and then you have a section you called Making Sense of It All, and I just want to go through some of the areas that you talk about there and how people should deal with these various uh, situations. The first one is, you mentioned a little bit before, is secrets. And you're saying uh, that people hide the financial trauma they're going through. If people are in that circumstances and they've got secrets, how should they more properly deal with that? Well, it's very important um, that they find someone that, they're, that they feel safe with in terms of sharing their secrets because, because of the shame. You know, just the fact that people start revealing the reality of what's going on they're going to feel shame. They're going to feel embarrassed. They're going to feel very, very self-conscious. So it's very important that whoever they're finding for support is someone that is trustworthy, someone that's not going to um, look at them like, you know, it's a moral issue. Because having money problems, I mean, I'm not saying it's never a moral issue, but it, it's not a moral issue to never have learned around mo- about money. You're saying that people deny to themselves that the, the problems are... Temporary. They think they're temporary, but in fact they're kind of longer term. How can you kind of make the break and say, no, I really do have a problem here and I just can't keep it secret forever? Well, you know, you have to kind of hit bottom. And um, I know for me when I hit bottom, the, the key was asking for help first. And then, as I said before, you know, I had to open my mail. I had to get the clarity. And, and I had to really learn the difference between, you know, wants and needs. That was really, really key. Yeah. The next thing you talk about is magical thinking, uh, and this is, I guess you think that, uh, it's what I like to call white knight syndrome. Something will come from across the horizon and instantly save you from all your, your bad habits and tends not to happen. W- what should people understand about the magical thinking they have and how should they deal with it? Well, in magical thinking, you know, it's, it's again, it's just another part of denial. Um, a lot of people believe that um, if they just, think it, it's going to be okay, and they stick their head in the sand, and um, it just, it doesn't work. You know, if people feel that, I'll just take care of this immediate crisis, you know, and then everything will be okay, or just do this, and then everything will be okay, this is where they lack the, um, having their arms around their whole financial picture. So it's really important to come out of denial 
magical thinking, the financial fog, and, you know, really look solidly at what's going on, what the reality is. You know, I cannot tell you how many times I've said to clients, you know, if you look at it and we, you know, it may look pretty bad um, and trust the process, the solutions will come that neither of us can imagine right now. In, in many cases, <laughs> you, know, you say denial is the next one. I mean, that's part of the problem is they don't admit that there's a problem either to themselves or anybody else and that it just kind of compounds that way. Is that right? Yes. And, you know, also, I mean, if people are in magical thinking, they'll think, well, I'll just, you know, if I could do the ne- next loan consolidation, then everything will be okay. You know, if I can, um, you know, borrow this money or if I can buy this car. You know, people always think that it's just temporary and this next thing is going to fix it, but they don't realize that they're just building a house of cards on sand, and it's not going to be okay. And and that's, you know, again, just another form of denial. Um, so denial really can take several forms. Um, vagueness, fog, you know, just all of that. And so I think it's really, really important to... Um, to come out of denial, and people oftentimes have to go pretty far down the scale before they hit their bottom. And what I tell people, I have a graph that shows the downward spiral, and you know, I always tell people, you don't have to go all the way down to the end, because the bottom, as I've seen it for some people, is fraud, prison, suicide. Um, you know, I mean, the, the consequences can get very, very serious if people continue in their magical thinking and in their denial. The next one you talk about is failing attempts to fix the problem. Uh, what do you mean by that, and, and how can people do that better? Well, what people will do when they're um, trying to fix the problem is that they will fixate on one on one thing. You know, again, they don't have their arms around the whole picture. And so you know, oh, if I can just get this loan, oh, if I can just get this person to help me out of this crisis. So they become crisis-focused rather than um, holistic-focused, where they have to look at at their whole picture. They just get totally single-focused and obsessive, and they are so driven to get whatever kind of help they view is going to be the saving thing. You know, kind of the prince thing. The prince charming isn't coming. But they think that whether it's a person, a place, or a thing that's going to fix the problem, um, they're just singly focused on that, and it's never going to work. They may have some relief for for a little while, but if they haven't changed the behaviors that got them um, in this situation from the beginning, they're going to end up right back there. So these are just temporary fixes, and they really aren't lasting. And that leads to more and more shame. So then it becomes kind of a... um, Oh, self-feeding um, problem, if you will. The next thing you talk about is making do or doing without. Um, so people, I guess, feel they can kind of cut their expenses to get everything under control. Is that the way? Well, this is kind of the budget mentality, and this absolutely doesn't work. And so one of the things that, and, and I really think of it really as kind of three things, um, making do, doing without, and overdoing. And so if people do without, let's say that they're really feeling the financial crunch, and, and they go without to the point of deprivation where they ignore taking care of their basic needs, um, what's going to happen is the time's going to come, again, I'll use the diet men- mentality, if a person's depriving themselves of food, the day will come that they just say, you know, the heck with this, and now they go all out and they just spoil the whole thing. 
So they've got to have a balanced approach where they're still really taking care of their needs. If they're doing without or just making do, they're going to end up feeling in deprivation, and that deprivation then will trigger them back to their old behaviors. Yeah, so it doesn't really solve the problem long term. It doesn't. Well, it doesn't solve the problem. And, you know, we're looking at a really compassionate, um, caring way for people to overcome their money problems. And so they have to realize that they have needs and that those needs are really important. And so, you know, they may have to do without a new car, but they can't do without good transportation good, safe, secure transportation. You know, maybe they have to downsize and not have a home, but they have to have a home that, that is, again, in a safe neighborhood, something, you know, they have to live someplace where they, they have good shelter and they feel good about it. So, you know, the, the making do and doing without, it just puts people in a terrible, terrible emotional, physical crisis. Next thing you talk about is what you call blackout shopping. Uh, what do you mean by that, and how can you avoid that kind of syndrome? Well, blackout shopping is, and you know, if you're ever in the stores, watch people, especially during the holidays um, and and back to school time. Right now, you can see this with some people as well. Blackout shopping is where you know I'm not conscious at all. It's just I am I am going through the emotions. I have no idea what I'm buying or how much I'm spending, and this is more um, readily available for people that they're using credit cards because, you know, they can just be completely numbed out. They have no idea how much money they spend. Um, they're literally, you know, you think about an alcoholic going into a blackout, they don't know what they're doing. And that's the very same thing that, that can happen for people in blackout shopping. But it could be blackout spending. Again, it's just that um, being completely unconscious. And you would be amazed at how many people describe their spending in that way. Something you had yourself as well, right? Oh, I did. Oh, yes. Um, I can remember once being at Saks Fifth Avenue um, using my American Express card, and they asked me to speak to the operator, and they just wanted to verify it was me because they gave me the amount that I had spent in the last couple of hours, and I had absolutely not, no idea. I was completely stunned. You know, this was probably about 26 years old. That was uh, years ago. That was... One of the things that led me to my bottom was the blackout shopping, and that particular shopping trip was one of the last ones. So when you're in it, you really don't kind of realize you're in a blackout mode, is that right? No, because it feels good in the moment. You know, if you're out there, I mean, and it's, but it's a, it's a false high. It's not going to be something that's lasting. You know, it's just like somebody eating a big chocolate cake. They may feel good for about a half hour until their blood sugar crashes, and it's the same thing. Um, people get adrenaline going, um, by being in the stores and spending, 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 but they are going to wake up, and that's usually going to be followed with guilt and remorse and the promise to never do it again. But again, if something's not in place to keep a person from doing it differently next time, they will be back there, and especially with those feelings of guilt and remorse that set in, now that's the trigger to spark another another trip. And this is similar, it sounds like, in certain ways, to recovery from drugs or alcohol or other kinds of similar gambling behaviors, right? Absolutely, yep. yep. Have you taken something from AA and that whole system in your uh, Financial Recovery Institute? Yes, more from DA. You know, when I think about, when I talked at the beginning of our program about the two groups of people, um, 
you know, it's just like, so since we're using the AA analogy, you know, the alcoholic is powerless over their alcohol. They don't intend to get drunk. You know, the person who's a chronic debtor or overspender doesn't plan on going out and overspending, but it is like a compulsion that they just don't have control of. Um, where the normal person, you know, the person who doesn't have this addictive behavior, they know, you know, they're able to link the consequences of their behavior and make strong decisions. The addict, if you will, um, there's a there's a disconnect between consequences and behaviors. And so they don't make the strongest decision in the moment because they're split off from the consequences. And so, you know, that's how it relates to other addictions. Yeah. Very good. All right, we're going to go to a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Karen McCall, uh, who is the founder and owner of the Financial Recovery Institute, helping a lot of people recover from all the financial problems we've been talking about. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and and pundit Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Karen McCall, who's the founder and owner of the Financial Recovery Institute based in Petaluma, California. Welcome back to the show, Karen. Thank you, Jordan. We were talking about the various things that uh, the kind of problems people get into, and one of them is what you call mental obsession. Uh, what do you mean by that, and how should people deal with it? Well, one of the components of any addictive behavior is where we get fixated on an idea, and you know we just cannot we cannot leave it until we satisfy whatever that desire is. And so it is it is a component it is um, definitely one of the compo- components that can let you know. You know, if I'm completely obsessing, I saw a ring in the window, you know, or I saw um, this outfit, and now it's four days later, I know I can't afford it, I'm still thinking about it, and I'm scheming how I can get it, you know, you're in trouble. I mean, that's really definitely a signpost that, ah, red flag, big problem. And so how should you deal with it? If you're still obsessing about that suit, you just don't wish the thought to go away, or what do you do with it? No, you can't just wish it away. You know, this is, I mean, again, you know, using using the um, analogy of alcohol, you know, if people realize and they recognize, oh, I'm in my addictive process, and I've got to have something to replace that, and that's where, you know, getting help, talking with other people, making calls, and starting to understand what might be underneath that. You know, what's the person really need you know they're obsessing that they need this you know new item out there that they need to purchase that they can't afford um but really what is it that would would make them feel good right now so you know they have to have more tools in their in their toolbox um in in terms of dealing with those mental obsessions when they come up so i think you know not being isolated being in a support group working with a counselor um being in therapy you know you have to have support or that is going to win over every time. And that leads into the next thing, which is understanding the difference between wants and needs. And, and this is, is the underlying problem of a lot of financial troubles out there. How can people separate what they really need and what they really want? Well, Jordan, you would really be surprised how often I ask a client when we're doing a spending plan, um, is this a want or is this a need? Especially if you know that they're putting more more items in to spend money on than they really have money for. And so we try to differentiate between what's a want and what's a need. And when I ask that question, a very high percentage of people would look at me and say, what is the difference? And so for a lot of people who, um, you know, the, the kinds of people that we're talking about today, people like myself, you know, the money addicts, um, the, the people who are, you know, under-earners, over-spenders, chronic debtors. These are the people who really confuse wants and needs. And so they have to learn the difference. So I think of it as a need is something that, oh, okay, so what I was going to say is we have to meet our needs first. Um, if people are just meeting their wants, there's going to always be this craving for more. And so I think of needs as not just necessarily something material, um, but it has to be that, you know, we're not tolerating a lot of deprivation in our life, that we are actually taking care of all the basics. It feels so good to know that they've covered all the basics. They've got food. They've got good shelter. They've got safe transportation. Um, 
and and people's needs are different. You know, what's important to you may not be important to me. Uh, and so they have to be working with someone who's going to validate and acknowledge that, you know, their needs are important to them and try to find a way um, to be creative in meeting their needs. Now, you have a section where people kind of envision the future and how things could be better. Uh, so you say it's important to create a vision. How, how should people do that when they're in the midst well, of all these financial problems. I think that one of the ways they create a vision is if they're doing their planning every single month and then they track against that plan and they see, oh, how did I do each month? They're creating a vision for the life they want one month at a time with their spending plan. And as people become proficient in that, they start realizing, whoa, you know, I am meeting more of my, more of my needs. And, and if people deviate from the plan that they've set up for themselves, they deviate because they either haven't planned enough or planned too much or something came up that they could not have anticipated. Those are those periodic expenses or the impulsive purchases. And so when people start linking, oh, I, I messed up my plan because I was doing something impulsive again, you know, that mental obsession that kicked in and so they had to go and do this, they saw that they abandoned their plan and now they're starting to link the consequences of their behaviors they will start improving over time and being able to make stronger and stronger decisions um, that are really going to lead them so that they do feel more fulfilled. A need is something that is going to really leave the person feeling fulfilled and satisfied as opposed to just spending on wants and ignoring the needs is always going to, always going to leave the person feeling empty and, and craving more. At the end of your uh, MoneyMinder book, you have something called Practical Steps for Positive Change. And the first one you say is to be kind to yourself. Why is that something people wouldn't normally do? Well, people really beat themselves up when they have money problems. And, you know, it, we, it all has to start with us. We really have to have compassionate, compassion for ourselves. We have to care for ourselves. Um, and so it's very, very important that people learn to really focus on what their needs are and how to take care of their needs. Be kind, gentle, um, and, and supportive. And then you say being patient is important, too, people trying to rush recovery. You know, for the people in the second group that I'm talking about, the people who are the money addicts, they absolutely have to be patient. There are times that it's three steps forward and four steps back, um, but it's just saying, you know, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to hang in there. I'm, I'm worth it. You know, I'm really worth turning my money life around so that I can have that sense of, of security and happiness and satisfaction in my life. You say getting support is important, but if they're hiding everything and don't want anybody to know about it, it's kind of hard to get support, right? Well, they won't get support then. And, that, and some people have to go further down the scale. You know, I mean, it took me a long time to bottom out. I kept it a secret for a long time. And, you know, I'm hoping that there's somebody in the listening audience today that would say, you know, I'm not going to go this alone. It really is much kinder um, and more loving to get support. You say setting aside your credit cards is important. Uh, when people are spending more than they're taking in, how are they going to make up the difference if not with credit cards? Well, one of the things they have to see when I talked about coming out of the fog and getting your arms around every aspect of your money it's not only looking at where you are, but what you're heading, where you're heading. And if people are overspending, you know, what their resources are, the time will come that those credit cards will be maxed out. And so, you know, the sooner someone faces it, while they still have, um, you know, well, for example, I see people just depleting all of their savings. And that's what I did. I watched my savings go down, my debt go up. 
and it could not go on forever. But I was oblivious to that. That's where I was um, sticking my head in the sand and, and being in the fog about it. So it's very important for people to see where they're heading. If they're using those credit cards every month and those balances are going up, the time's going to come that there's not going to be anything available on the cards anymore. So the sooner someone begins the, co- the process of recovery, um, the easier it's going to be for them. And the last step you say is to create a spending plan. Uh, that's probably difficult for people who have not had that in the past, right? Yeah, it's very difficult, and it's so key. Most people do accounting by rearview mirror. You know, they look at their their Quicken or whatever after the fact, rather than saying, you know, hey, I want a map for the month, and I'm and I'm going to start with having a plan for myself, making sure that I'm meeting my needs first. Very good. Well, it's been fascinating. My guest this hour on the Money Answer Show has been Karen McCall. She's the founder and owner of the Financial Recovery Institute. Again, you can find out more about what she does at financialrecovery.com. Thanks so much for being on the show, Karen. Thank you, Jordan. Bye-bye. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.